Hello and welcome back to another episode of MCU Need to Know, a podcast dedicated to the Marvel Cinematic Universe and everything you need to know. I'm Trey. I'm Jude. How are you doing, Trey? It's a usual. Nothing new happened. Uh, absolutely nothing to look forward to or be excited about. So uh, just a typical Friday. What about you? You know what? I honestly thought that we shouldn't even record because there wasn't much. Right? It's just there, there's been such a drought. There's no news. No, Nothing new to review. Yeah. Absolutely nothing. No, we got nothing. All right. We'd like to thank Nick Sandy for the- Nick Sandy? (laughs) Of course. I can't tell you how excited I am. I woke up an hour earlier because I wanted to watch it before going to work. (laughs) Which wasn't something I I was- uh, Go ahead. I was going to say, I did the same. Yeah. I set my alarm early. It wasn't even something I was considering until you mentioned that you were doing it. And it was like, well, yeah, I guess I could do that. <laughs> and I'm so glad I did because like throughout the day, I, I get, I kept getting messages from different people who are like, oh my God, have you seen it? It's so good. And I was so glad that I was able to participate in those conversations through the day. You know what? I was shocked and disappointed. I didn't have a single student ask me if I watched WandaVision yet. When there was the Mandalorian, it was like, have you seen it yet? Have you seen it yet? Uh-huh. Um, okay, they fail. Uh, that's, <laughs> I mean, that's just, I don't know how else to do it. Now, and funny enough, like I had coworkers asking more than students, actually, mm-hmm. um, about about WandaVision. So, yeah, um, man, just the excitement all day today to, to be able to sit down and talk about new MCU content was just fantastic. Mm-hmm. And, and it's been exciting to see for for a variety of reasons. Obviously, we're big fans of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, clearly, with the podcast. But there's something that's even more special about an event that's big enough to have the collective consciousness of like everyone, especially mm-hmm. given everything that was going on in 2020. And I mean, still carrying on. Like, nothing has completely vanished from things with COVID right. or whatever. But yeah, it's it feels like it's been so rare for so long to have the cultural conversation on something. Um, I don't want to say lighthearted because this show definitely gets heavy, but it, just mm-hmm. something fun, I guess, is what I'm looking for. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? And it's interesting you bring that up because um, we just recently had Wonder Woman, mm-hmm. you know, and, and this is MCU podcast. We don't I haven't even seen Wonder Woman yet, but I mean, just to show the impact of the MCU you know, and the excitement built up of that, I I felt more excitement for that in my circles, in the social media stuff I follow and all of that stuff than I did for Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. Which that might be, that might have to be its own discussion once you finally see it. Because I, I'm, I have thoughts and I don't know if we've built a podcast around that one, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, I enjoyed the first one. So, yeah, I'm definitely going to see it at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, if you couldn't tell, obviously, we are talking about the debut of WandaVision, which hit Disney Plus today. We got the first two episodes. And, uh, you know, this was what this podcast was built for, to be able to talk about that show uh, or any of the Marvel shows as they release. But something we wanted to do here at the top uh, before we jump into spoilers is actually uh, discuss our spoiler policy. So. Up until this point, uh, we have been talking about things that have been long since debuted in the MCU. So it's been fair to kind of like talk about anything from the start to the finish. But seeing how this is new and there's a possibility that not everyone has seen it yet, 
we are going to do our best right here at the top to give kind of just a brief overview of how we felt about the episode. After that, you're going to hear an audio cue. And after that audio cue, it is fair game for just episode one. Well, right. I shouldn't say that because that's going to be hard since they debuted the first two. But generally speaking, we're going to be speaking about the episode that aired. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, uh, like I said, some spoiler-free thoughts before we jump in. Do you have any overall feelings uh, about WandaVision season one, episode one? You know what? It was it was interesting because it was exactly what I expected. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's just because of the promotional materials and the the trailers I did watch and knowing like kind of what the concept was going to be. Mm-hmm. And so, like conceptually, the WandaVision kind of play um, made it. That's exactly what I was expecting. And, you know, initially, my initial thoughts, it, they didn't disappoint. Like, this is what I was expecting. That's what they gave me, and I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about you? You know, it's so funny that you talk about this is exactly what you expected. I went back and listened to our episode that was the reaction to the first trailer we got. And it's so funny to me that the two things we listed as things that we were worried about was... I believe in your case, you were worried about short episode lengths. I think you straight right. up said if they were 30 minutes, you're going to be disappointed. And then yeah. I specifically said that if this show spends too long trying to convince us the reality is real, I would be disappointed. Even though we're two episodes in, I do feel like there is this pattern of them trying to convince us the reality is real so far. Mm-hmm. I still love it. I really do. And it, it's yeah. it, the two things that we were worried about came true, but... I think it actually works to its benefit with the shorter length because since it is so committed to the bit of the stylized era, anything longer, I think, would overstay its welcome. Well, see, and that's the thing is the they did the sitcom so well mm-hmm. that the the shorter length worked because that's for the longest time. And even still now, that's what sitcoms are, 30-minute mm-hmm. shows. Mm-hmm. Um, arguably, you got more time. Because you're not breaking, like, you, you know, we watch it on broadcast television. It's 30 minutes. Then you got commercials, mm-hmm. you know, um, and, and you didn't have commercials in this that, that that's breaking up the action. It's just goes straight through. Mm-hmm. I think one more thing that I want to note here in this spoiler free section is a large part of why I'm enamored with this. I mean, these first two episodes is because. Paul Bettany and Elizabeth Olsen, their their charisma is just off the charts in these two episodes. And I think mm-hmm. the thing that I walked away with is here in the beginning, Paul Bettany is the reason this is working short term, like these first two episodes, because of his humor and the way that he is, is uh, portraying this character. But Elizabeth Olsen, the performance that she's given so far, it is so clear how she's going to carry this all the way through the end just on her ability to kind of be within the reality and then also give a performance that immediately slips into existential dread on a dime. It's, it's oh, yeah. amazing. That that was the other thing about that genre of uh-huh. sitcom style uh-huh. is they just really captured that sitcom essence, you know, mm-hmm. uh, style of writing, style of acting the to the era kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And that was just so good. All right, so I think that's going to do it for our brief overview uh, without spoilers. So, like we said, we're going to play an audio cue, and after that cue, 
If you haven't seen the episode, this is your last chance to stop the podcast now. All right, so here we go. You had your chance. You had a chance. That was it. <laughs> Anything after this, we cannot be held accountable. Yep. <laughs> Man, where? I mean, where do you even begin? I'll say right off the bat, uh, the thing that I think is easiest to latch on to, because it's not, it's not exactly hiding it, but the, the, one of the opening lines is like, you know, oh, my husband and his indestructible head. It, mm-hmm. I mean, the last thing we saw Vision was his head literally be destroyed for the Mind Stone. Just get destroyed, <laughs> yeah. right? right. Like it's, I, I know. It, it's like indestructible, and Thanos just with his bare hands ripped it out. Right. And, and, and it was, and it was, that's the thing. It was his bare hands. Mm-hmm. It, it wasn't the, the hand with the infinity gauntlet and the power stone. Yeah. It was his bare hand. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, and it's, and, and the reason, cause again, it's not the, the most obscure thing that is within the episode, but I think it's, it's such a great signal for what this episode and the first two episodes really are, are doing well is it's so in your face, but fits within the narrative itself. Because like that whole like the the way they exchange of like oh my husband, oh my wife, that feels of the sitcom era. Oh yeah, yeah. But well, it, with it, that, go ahead. But it what? Well, I was just gonna say, but like we know the deeper context of what lines like that mean, and it they're all peppered throughout this entire. I mean, like even when Agnes is trying to help Wanda prepare the meal, she says something like, oh, I know you're in a pinch, so you can make these meals in a snap. And it's like, we know what the the meaning of a snap is. Like it has more weight to it because of the MCU than it would in a regular situation. You know, is one of the things that jumped out at me was the, it was, I kept, I kept writing in my notes, a laugh track and how great that was. But mm-hmm. They actually recorded this in front of a live audience. Yeah. You know, I, I, to be one of those people would have been awesome, <laughs> you know, um, and and I'm and I'd be curious if they use some laugh track as well, mm-hmm. you know. But but it's just to to do it that way, you know, to to do the correct aspect ratio, mm-hmm. like the level of detail they went to get that sitcom down. Um, and from what I understand, they like they used older cameras. It was originally shot it, like. Like they really went way out of the way to capture that. Mm-hmm. Well, even like, and this is something that I didn't notice until I saw that it was it was pointed out on the the Marvel Studios subreddit, and then I went and verified it myself. Like the audio, like if you if you're listening, like I would I was listening to headphones, like the comment pointed out when the the traditional Marvel stinger with all the celebratory scenes from the MCU is playing, you know, the audio is in stereo like it would normally be. And then when it switches to the black and white, the audio switches to mono, which feels a lot more to that, I don't know, lower grade technology is the right way to do it. But it goes back to that lo-fi, you know, feeling that they're aiming for with this. That's really interesting. I didn't know that. I'm going to have to watch it again with like, oh my, because I watched it on a device. I'm going to have to watch it on my laptop or the headphones or something. Uh Um, I'm curious of when it, like at the end, Uh and I know I'm jumping way ahead, but, but, but with the audio... When at the end it showed outside of the sitcom reality, uh-huh. did it switch back to stereo? Yep. Oh, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, because that's like when the, I mean, the, we saw that the borders of the television were expanding because we were going to the quote unquote mm-hmm. correct aspect ratio, which is the signifier signifier for the main reality. Like 
it's it's fun. It's kind of like what we talked about in our our trailer reactions. They are playing not only with the universe in the story, they're playing with the meta universe itself. And it's 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 brilliant the way that they're handling it. On this idea of how they're handling that meta universe, um, and this, and, and I know we have our outline that gets ahead of it. I, I felt like watching it, it. It was a really cool, like for me, world building, mm-hmm. right? But it, it was like it was like I felt like I was watching the world building in action. Like Wanda was building the world uh-huh. in in this first episode. Mm-hmm. You know, I, it just because you have that where they're talking about what is that date, what is the heart, and they're trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And it's like there's a question would come up, and they'd have to come up with an answer. And a question would come up, and they have to come up with an answer. Mm-hmm. And it was like, man, this it's it's like they were just I don't know how to explain it other than like world building, like in action, mm-hmm. so to speak, rather than like. Oh, immediately they knew what the heart stood for. And uh, what was the other thing? Oh, I'm going to hold the other thing because I think it's the next episode. No, I think that's a great way to put it is, you know, we're seeing this world building in action. And it's a repeat pattern that we're seeing because we talked about it with the, the reaction. There is almost this defense mechanism that the reality has going for itself. So anytime that Wanda and Vision are tasked with fulfilling the details of their world, if they don't have an answer, usually something happens. So it starts off where the stakes are relatively low. They're just alone in their kitchen and they're trying to remember the importance of the date and they can't remember it you know, totally fine. Vision goes on about his day and then Agnes comes in and I'll, I'll come back to Agnes. What what I found interesting is the way they continue this pattern is we see Vision alone outside the context of Wanda. You know, he's at his place of business and he's trying to find out, you know, what it is they exactly do. And again, that pattern of once the reality is tested, things get pushed back happens with his coworker named Norm because Norm makes kind of like this insinuation of like, oh, you know, what are you, some kind of machine? And, and Vision panics He's like, no, are you serious? I'm a human person. Mm-hmm. And that that keeps repeating itself until it escalates to the point with the dinner party where we see the ultimate lashback at the reality. And the final resolution to everything is Wanda and Vision sitting down and planning out their details. So I think you're spot on with describing it as this world building in action. Yeah. And uh, I think I think it's really cool. Yeah. I have a theory yeah? on vision. I don't think it's right, but I have a theory on vision. Okay. What is it? Because it, it talked about, okay, so it was the computational services, right? And mm-hmm. he was the Mind Stone and Jarvis. And I liked the kind of the play of like, what do we actually do in our job? And like in the sitcoms, you don't ever actually know what they really do mm-hmm. a lot of times. Yeah. But they mentioned specifically like the production was up 300%. Uh-huh. Okay. And my thought was, okay, vision's dead. Mm-hmm. But he still was like Jarvis. And I was like, wonder if like in reality, that's not the show reality, Vision is like hooked up into some computer or something mm-hmm. and being used for research or like, like as a, as a high speed processor or something, mm-hmm. you know, now I don't think my theory's right, but, but that just popped into my head. This idea of like, like what happened to Vision after Infinity War? Well, somebody took him and like plugged him in as this supercomputer, mm-hmm. and like so his experience of doing the really fast work and wondering what is my job, what do I do, 
is like that Jarvis kind of trying to break through of this outside use. Mm-hmm. And I'm not 100% on that theory because because even you said you're not 100% sure this is what you think is happening. But I think there is some uh, precedent for it because think back to Age of Ultron when Ultron was first, you know, gaining sentience. You know, he used the Internet as his reference point for his understanding of everything around him. Mm -hmm. Something that I've been trying to wrestle with and I'm still I still don't have an answer after these first two episodes. But something I'm trying to wrestle with is if this is Wanda's uh, processing of her trauma and it's taking the form of this television show. Mm -hmm. Why would Wanda have this connection to TV if. As far as understood it, she you know she was an orphan in Sokovia, didn't have the best life. It's not like there was this um, this nostalgia for television that we've seen at least what they've established in her character so far. So I could almost see as maybe, like you said, Vision processing things mm-hmm. kind of similar to the way they that um, Ultron processed through the internet mm-hmm. that maybe he's just using right. TV for some reason. But I think I'm more on that, it, this being Wanda's projection somehow, even if we haven't gotten the reason why TV has such an important um, meta layer. Yeah. There's other things in this episode that I think, like, my theory has a lot of problems. But I I don't know. I just, something that stuck with me about that of, like, why are you so interested in what my what you're doing as a job, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, why are you so, inter- you know, able to do it so quick? And he is a supercomputer. Mm-hmm. While we're still here in this this moment where Vision was at the workplace, I I just want to point out I love how the first person that Vision interacts with is literally called Norm. Like this this is what I'm talking about where they everything is so on the nose, but somehow escapes you or not escapes you, but it's just like uh-huh. it it fits in unless you just really start to question yeah. it. And I love that they're doing stuff like this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I love, um, oh God, what was the guy's name? Uh, basically the one that had the beatnik tendencies. Jones? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just because he wore, uh, <laughs> just because just cause he wore a, a turtleneck. I thought that was so funny. <laughs> I love him. He's he's becoming one of my favorites. And I'll, I'll say in episode two <laughs> what I love so much about him. And I probably one of the biggest laughs I got. <laughs> one other thing that I want to talk about is, you know, so much of this this episode, and I'm assuming the series itself, is the like the whole crux is on Wanda and Vision trying to fit in. And having the boss come over for dinner feels like such a perfect way to have this because it is it feels like a trope of old sitcoms and it couldn't be more low stakes. And we're so used to the MCU having the highest of stakes. I mean, the half the universe gets snapped away than the last big team-up movie we saw. And mm-hmm. so it's it feels fitting that again if this is Wanda's reality where she's trying to have this perfect life with Vision of course she'd want to you know set it as far away as she could from the stakes where she lost Vision and so bringing it down to having the boss come over and having to try and impress him while fitting in it, it works in both an homage to what they're paying tribute to and that feeling of trying to fit in within TV you know, that's interesting because, like, I didn't think about it in those terms. Mm-hmm. There was a little moment with Agnes where, and I think it's a little bit further in the episode, but where she shows up with the food. Yeah. And she makes this motion. She's like about putting the food together and it'll be, it'll just be a snap. 
Uh-huh. You know, and I liked the, talking about all this meta stuff. You're talking about like that little touch about the snap, un, you know, dusted them. Uh, Spider-Man lingo blipped them. Mm-hmm. And, and so like that, I thought that was a really nice touch. And that is very much, I think, would be on Wanda's mind, right? Mm. Getting that event out of her head somehow or putting it as much distance as possible. Yeah, like that's, I mean, from what we've seen from Wanda, we know of her life as being pretty much traumatic. Yeah. And she has now an ability to escape that. Mm-hmm. And I think you're you're hitting it on the head here because you're talking about how you know, the snap would be something that is definitely present in Wanda's mind. You don't even have to look further than the commercial break that they had in this episode where it was the toaster and it was from Stark Industries. Right. And, you know, they they played it up like it was just a regular commercial that would happen in like an, a sitcom of this era. But this is I think this might be the first moment where we see the existential dread creep in and it was when they set the timer on the new toaster and they're just kind of like staring at the screen waiting as the timer ticks. And it almost has this feeling like it's not a ticking of a toaster. It's a ticking of a bomb. I mean, you even hear Iron Man's repulsor yeah. blast in the toaster itself. And I, thi- I yeah. think it's supposed to represent, you know, what did we learn about Wanda and her brother Pietro? Their parents were killed by Stark weapons. So if this all is... Yeah a conjuring of Wanda's trauma or Wanda's Wanda's realities and trauma is embedded in that that subconscious layer it feels fitting that within the narrative of her quote unquote show the commercials would take that subconscious level fears especially because of the way with advertising and and, and uh, oh, what's the word I'm looking for like that subconscious level persuasion that comes to marketing yeah. Well, I was going to say, like, the we with that commercial, and I wrote the same note, right? It's a ticking time bomb, but this is where we get our first use of color. Mm-hmm. There was a little red light that went with it. And, and Wanda, when she uses her powers, has a red glow. Yeah. In that way, it's like Wanda might be the ticking time bomb. Oh, that's a very interesting look. You know, playing off what you said about Wanda being a ticking time bomb, potentially, is is what they're signaling here. There's definitely some level of uneasiness. And something that I think they may have tipped their hat with here is everything culminates into this dinner scene where Mr. Hart is, like, questioning her about, like, you know, know, where'd you come from? How long you have been together? And all this cornering of Wanda envisions reality. And then he starts choking on seemingly nothing because he wasn't eating. So mm-hmm. something was maybe placed there. And the way that Mrs. Hart was like, oh, stop it. And it's playful. And it's like, oh, you know, stop being silly. Don't make a scene, stuff like that. And then it keeps repeating itself. Yeah. And the existential dread comes in. And slowly the stop it is a less playful thing towards Mr. Hart. And it's almost like it's directed at Wanda. And it's like Mrs. Hart is pleading. Yes. Please stop it. Stop it. Stop it. And that's where they quote unquote break the reality for Wanda to command Vision to save him. And so as much as they're doing to obfuscate whether or not Wanda knows what's happening, they're tipping their hat just enough to be like, is she doing this? Is she a threat? Basically. Well, you know what? That was my note on here. She was looking at Wanda saying, stop it. Like, mm-hmm. like I think they had her directly looking at Wanda. And I wrote, is Wanda doing this or 
does Miss Hart know right. Wanda can help? And see, that can go one or two ways. Like if she knows Wanda can help, then she knows somebody mm-hmm. is doing this to Wanda. If she's telling Wanda to stop doing it, as if Wanda's the one making him choke, then she knows this is a reality Wanda doesn't either belong mm-hmm. in or creating herself. And for me, a lot of this was all more of that yeah. world building in action. Where it was like, it's just a simple question. Mm-hmm. Why did you come here? He even says it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. And and, and it's like, yeah. they don't have answers for that. And they also, she asks, and you see this between this episode, and we'll talk more about it with the next one. Mm-hmm. Uh, they ask, and why don't you have kids yet? Um, Agnes asks, why don't you have kids earlier? And and so already they're dropping the thing about kids mm-hmm. that'll play into the next episode. So and I use this I use the same word with vision as as well as you did. I put vision does Wanda's command. Yeah. You know, which which I thought was very telling. I'll be able to articulate my leading suspicion of what's going on more in the next episode, but I don't think it's a coincidence that in that moment where Mr. Hart is choking, even Vision looks to Wanda with like helplessness. And he is the one who ends up helping. Right. And so... But he needed her permission. He needed her permission. Yeah. That's a great way to put it. And what's so funny to me is the whole crux of this show is like, oh, we can't let people know that Vision isn't a human. Right. Where Wanda is just as gifted with powers, but that's never like her... I don't know if maybe I'm biting off more than I can chew here, but her existence isn't questioned as much as Vision's existence is questioned. But the level like there's two levels of of existence we're questioning here. Right. One is is Vision in the show that they've created is Vision's existence human or the the meta what we know is Vision alive existence is the question that we're having. Mm -hmm. It's so cool that they can play between those two. I, you know, I was going to stop midway through that and say, man, I sound crazy. I think the further we get into the season, I'm just going to have to be comfortable with sounding crazy. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I think absolutely on this. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I'm excited to see how they explain mm-hmm. where they got and where this is taking us. You know? mm-hmm. um, and it's so fitting because, like, I have another note here where we mentioned the ticking time bomb. And have a note of like, okay, so first off, they left as if like nothing happened mm-hmm. after the choking incident. And it did make me wonder if like time was a factor. You know, we mentioned taking time bomb and I wrote in my note, time. If, let's imagine for a second, like, like Wanda is, this is being done. To, let's say it's being done to Wanda and they were sent to try to snap her out of it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Poor choice of words. Oh yeah, it was, wasn't it? <laughs> I'm kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> no, 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 no. It, it completely was. Um, I'm going to go on a limb. I'm going to stick with it. Okay, Uh, go for it. But but yeah, so like they're sent, right? And if that's the way they're going with it, um, and I feel like they are the way the episode ended, it it makes me wonder if like they can only stay in that reality for so long. Like there's a time limit. I texted you and I said, I think the, the shorter length is to the benefit of the show. And I feel like that makes me sound like a Marvel apologist. I'm mm-hmm. going deeper into that. That You're totally right. That feels like such a great in-narrative excuse for the shorter length. If that ends up being the case, I think that that's, that's a brilliant way to handle that. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. And then, you know, to your concern, they end with the classic television sitcom thing they more world building mm-hmm. you know 
um, needing a song. I love the use of the song. It was so sitcom-y for him to start singing and distract her, you know, and she starts dancing. It was so perfect. I just wanted to make one quick note while we're here before you moved on from the singing part. You know, it. I've watched this episode multiple times. And you mentioned how great it was that Vision did the song and then Mrs. Hart started dancing to it. First watch, that plays hilariously. Second watch, the way Mrs. Hart almost feels like she's in a trance with that is so creepy. <laughs> That's all I want to add. Oh, I'll have to, I'll have to, darn, I'll have to watch it again. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, like I, I need to check that out mm-hmm. and just, and just kind of pay attention to her movement and how she does that. Yeah, it's um, like it's like everything feel to bring this into kind of video game terms, everything feels like an NPC, a non-playable character that's on a set track and if they deviate yeah. from the track, they get slapped back into their programming. Ah. Uh, yeah, that's a nice way to put it. Uh-huh. Okay, carry on. I I didn't mean to so, interrupt your 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 no, explanation. No, no, no. And, Sorry, and all I was going to say is just No, no, no. All I was going to say is it was more world building Mm -hmm. where they were asking okay we don't have a song well now we do with this and so like they're building their story in world which was so cool um and of course at the end someone's watching and there's clearly like a sword logo on Uh one of the the pieces of equipment and not only are they i mean they're taking notes like this is something that's being monitored from the outside um yeah it's there's a, a clinical feel to it that I don't. I don't know. Like it wasn't that I wasn't expecting it. There's just something that felt more observational than mm-hmm. rescuing. At least that was the feeling that I got at first, and it makes me kind of wonder back to that line of thinking of like somebody using vision again for his processing power or whatever that ends up being. Right. Well, and and it and it is like like if someone's doing this to Wanda, right? Mm-hmm. Then. Why aren't they? They could just as easily be doing it to Vision too. Mm-hmm. If he was alive, and that well, if they got the body. <laughs> well, okay, yeah, true. Good point. I was being glib, but uh, you, that was a good point. <laughs> yeah, like I, I mean, if they got the body and hook him up, and then you you get whatever it is to to um to Wanda. So yeah. So something I would I, I want to figure out. I really wish I would have had time to as <laughs> despite watching this like four times today. I wish I would have had time to do research whenever the credits roll for the quote unquote show within the show, like Wanda's show. I wonder if those names are of any importance or if those are actual credits to the production team in the real world, if that makes sense. I didn't get a chance to verify that. That's really cool. I I would like to know. Yeah. Like the, the actual production team that shot <laughs> like the live stuff. Oh, um, that's a good idea. Yeah. That's probably what it was. But because like, yeah, I'm, I'd be really curious. You, you know, somebody out on Reddit has it. Oh, of course. Yeah. But it's like one of those things where most likely it will be an Easter mm-hmm. egg. Oh, yeah. But because the show exists within the universe, what is the significance of those names to Wanda? Or am I just looking too deep into this? You know what? In all our Daredevil reviews, you would bring up uh, sometimes the curtains are just blue. Right. But I feel like the curtains are blue for a reason in a show like this with the concepts they're using. Mm-hmm. And it's the MCU. They find a way to make something of everything. Of course. And because like this show is so ripe for little things having big sin- significance, like to the point, like I don't, I didn't want to bring this up unless I got more concrete details, but like even so much as the doorknob before the lobster gets attached, that feels like the mind stone to me. There's so many shapes that feel like it's kind of representing mm-hmm. the, the mm-hmm. stone that's implanted on Vision's head. And oh, there's yeah. a, other little details, like even I believe Vision's tie 
is a, a, a callback to a logo, I think, with a comics forum, if I'm not mistaken. Um, There's some significance to it. I'm, let's see. Well, the, the, the thing I saw doing a little bit of research, and this is even before like the episode being released, right? This is just from the frame by frame that people do, right? With mm -hmm. the with the trailers. Yeah. And they mentioned there was like two things, and I don't remember what the shapes are, trapped inside of a rectangle with something outside of it. Mm -hmm. And like those two things inside the rectangle, well, that was Wanda and Vision, and there's people outside of it. So they're clearly trapped in something. Oh, okay. I think that's what I saw with the tie. Well, yeah. then that makes so much more sense. Okay, so we've been jumping all over the place because I think we're still trying to find our form with these uh, quick turnarounds on the episodes. But one thing that I want to make sure that we hit on before we wrap up is Agnes herself. Clearly, Agnes is going to be a very prominent character within the season. And I can't remember if I talked about this in the trailer reaction or not, but it's solidified here. She is a scene stealer. Like the moment she walks into the set, it's like everything changes to her being the central character, which is funny given how everything seems to be centered around Wanda and Vision and even more so Wanda because we're questioning whether or not this is her reality. Yeah. And the, th the thing that was from the get-go so obvious is Wanda and Vision are questioning like, what is everything? Why is this 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 way or that? Why can't we remember anything? Agnes comes in and makes herself at home. Like she is sitting on the couch and trying to keep this... I almost said simulation, but trying to keep this reality rolling smoothly yeah. for whatever reason that may be. Right. Well, okay. Two things. The first one, I think How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days was the first movie I ever saw Catherine Hahn in. Uh-huh. And I and even there, she was so good, right? Uh -huh. and, and everything I have seen her in, that scene stealer, she's so good. My first note on Agnes, I'm just going to read it. Now we're really reaching back into Daredevil type stuff. <laughs> uh, just going to reach straight from the notes. Agnes has agency. In other words, she is independent of the world building. Mm -hmm. So like all that world building, like in action that I felt like I was seeing with Wanda, uh -huh. like Agnes was separate from that, you know, yeah. just, just kind of like you were saying, she was comfortable in that world. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like, it, it was like, it was like Wanda didn't quite know who that was. Agnes had to introduce herself, but she seemed... It's still some weird way of independence than mm -hmm. like all the other characters. The other characters were still kind of part of the world and the world building. Mm -hmm. We definitely see this pattern reinforced in the second episode. So we can talk about it when we get there, but you can see it already here. You know, like I said, it is pertinent to Agnes for whatever reason to keep things rolling. And in this episode, it was like coming to the aid with the meal and providing everything Wanda needed to to make the meal to impress the boss and his wife. And it's it's <laughs> this is this just came to me. It's almost like if this reality's sole purpose is to insulate itself and keep going, Agnes mm -hmm. is the Microsoft Clippy. And it's like, hey, how can I help? Like she pops up. <laughs> she pops up because for whatever reason, that's important to her. And I love it. It's my, it's it, my next note goes perfect with that. Uh huh. Because I put and and this goes back to the dinner thing. She shows up, right? And I love kind of making fun of the housewife stereotype, but with the whole Microsoft paperclip thing. Uh huh. I wrote down Agnes doesn't want to leave. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember having that paperclip on Microsoft, and it was the hardest damn thing to make that thing go away <laughs> because it kept showing up. <laughs> oh man. But yeah, like like she, you're right. Like she, she's showing up and she doesn't want to leave. Mm -hmm. Um, she 
she is clearly invested in what's going on in a way that Wanda doesn't understand yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, in a, and in a way that I don't know if we fully understand yet. Right, because it's it's a marriage of like, oh, that quirky neighbor always poking their head in business they don't need to, but like, there's so much more to it. And I really feel like we're going to look back once all these episodes are out and there will be so much that's just plain as day that got a pass because of it being the norm of a television show. And that, yeah. to me, I think that's, we're seeing peaks of why this show is so brilliant because of that marriage of form and story together. Oh, this is going to be an amazing, I think, rewatch when all the episodes are out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you did not heed our spoiler warning, make sure you do that for the next one. <laughs> <laughs> Most you know? definitely. Because it is, because I feel like it's, it's the, just off of this episode alone, I feel like it's one of those things that it's going to be so fun to watch unfold week to week. Mm-hmm. And then to be able to go back with that knowledge and watch as a complete piece. Yeah. Is just going to be like mind opening of, of, like you said, everything that that we even didn't mention, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll even say like I in one of my mini rewatches today, I actually got to watch with my with one of my friends, Nedge on group watch. She hasn't seen any promotional material for this at all. Like she likes the Marvel Cinematic Universe. She's seen them all, but she just hasn't seen any of the promotional material. I got to vicariously mm-hmm. live through her revelation of like, what's going on? And it was one of my That's favorite cool. experiences I've had with the show so far. It's so cool. That's really cool. Yeah. And it, it goes to what you're saying about like having this unfold week to week. Uh, it's going to be really fun oh, to see yeah. what they think. Well, in in knowing what happens because they put two episodes out on the same day. Uh-huh. I feel like it makes sense that they drop two episodes there. Mhm. Like like they they're those two episodes and I'm curious what they do with the rest of them are such companion pieces. I, I feel like that mm-hmm. th- that it makes sense that they that they needed both on day 1. I agree. Well, we've been alluding to it a lot. I think this might be time to wrap up this episode 1 so we can jump into episode 2. Absolutely. So like we said, it should be in the feed already. Just hop on over to the next episode and we will be discussing season one, episode two of WandaVision. Before I forget, just one quick note. I find it very interesting. There's no titles for these episodes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So normally this is where we do our question of the week. But given that we have such a quick turnaround on these episodes, we are going to forego question of the week for the duration of the WandaVision series, uh, which will be replaced with our predictions for what the next episode will entail. However, given that there were two episodes a day, we're clearly not going to be able to do that for this episode, so we're just going to go ahead and go to the next episode. But if you would like to comment your thoughts on Season 1, Episode 1 of WandaVision, you can always reach us at know on Twitter and Instagram, or write us an email at know at gmail.com. And we'd appreciate it if you leave a rating, a review um, on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast. And if you like what you hear, share with a friend uh, and have a bigger conversation and speaking of a bigger conversation if you'd like to join a larger community of people that are as excited about wandavision as we are you can join our discord which is linked in the show notes uh we'd like to give a special thanks to nick sandy for the use of our theme song which is his rendition of the avengers theme you can find more of his original work on the soundcloud which is also linked in the show notes all right thank you all so much for listening and uh thank you for doing this jude thank you trey we'll see you all in the next episode which is in the feed right now go Hurry.
Okay, sounds good. All right, so I'm gonna, I'll come back and set it up the way that I was was going to. Okay, cool. Okay, so we've basically been jumping all around this episode. I think we're still trying to, well, as they're world building in the show, we're kind of world building the way we want to handle these week to week turnarounds. Um, so we're still we're, we've gotten that figured out. But one thing that I want to make sure. Nope, I'm going to do that again. That Wait, was you bad. said week to week. We're doing two day turnaround, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Well, week to week. I'm excited for it, but yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Week to week. Well, they get the episodes week to week, but we only get two days to edit it. (laughs) I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it too. I still need to start that over though. That was bad. This could be an in tag if we need it. (laughs) Okay. In tag. (laughs) All right. MCU need to know on Twitter and Instagram or write us an email at MCU need to know at gmail.com. And if we'd really appreciate it if you leave a rating um, and a review. Uh, it helps out the podcast, and you can do that. God, it's like I've never done this before. <laughs> it happens. It happens. We, we look. Uh, we're only we're only one episode back from working together, so it, this it, yeah. it, it takes time. We'll get back to it. Yeah. Okay.